0: Welcome to the weekly roar. I'm Grant Bruner. I'm Rob Webster. This is episode seven hundred and forty-two. with today is Laughlin. What animal are you thinking of today, Laughlin?
1: A cat, but not for the same reason you think. It's because a cat murdered.
0: Uh, your no, it's your, because your of great game. Oh,
1: okay. <laughs> that yeah. we were talking about on the uh, channel, right?
0: Yep, absolutely. And Rob, what animal are you thinking of today? Uh, a small bear. Uh, some sort of of real Akima? No,
2: it's like a little printer that's got a little bear nose. It's a printer but bear nose. It yes. sounds
0: like a. It sounds like you're telling me a, a like a riddle. Yeah. What is a printer but has a bare nose? Uh, it's
2: it's a it's a it's a Perry Page brand thermal printer with a little bare nose. Oh, what Mickey Rooney!
0: That was the answer. Anyway, I'm thinking of, <laughs> I'm thinking of uh, an animal. I'm thinking specifically of a golden lab that uh, a coworker of mine. Not she doesn't own it. Uh, I believe it's her parents' dog, but she shared a photo of it. Um, and it had uh, dug a large hole underneath their, like, bushes, their hedges, and uh, just was so pleased with herself. <laughs> just extremely pleased that she dug a big old hole and, you know, laid in the hole and was filthy, because, you know, it's like a, a blonde dog. It's a, a golden lab, but it's now covered in dirt.
2: It sounds like a wonderful pup.
0: Absolutely. Uh,
2: Rob? Hello. You play any video games? Uh, a little bit. So I have been playing I've been I've been on the Slay the Spire train as per. Um but I recently found out that I am able to mod games through Game Pass. There's there's a there's around round the house way that you can use um Steam mods on games that you got through Game Pass. So I have been playing a slightly different version of Slay the Spire, which is called Slay the Spire Downfall. Have you heard of it?
0: I mm. have not until you put it on the list, and then I Googled it. So, it's a pretty cool mod. It's been made, I don't know, strictly with the blessing... Well.
2: I don't know if it was made initially with the blessing of uh, the developers, but it has the developers' blessing on the homepage. Like, it's in the quote section, it says, Megacrit says, wow, what a nice mod. Da 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 So, essentially, in the base game of Slay the Spire, you've got four characters, all of whom have got different sets of cards, and they're going through fl- three floors of the spire, and at the end of each floor, they will face one of three bosses, uh, it's a card game, and mm-hmm. in uh, Slay the Spire Downfall, you are instead playing as one of the bosses um, that one of the, the, the four adventurers would face at the top of the spire. And you are working your way down the spire using card decks that are inspired by the moves that those bosses use in their battles against you. Um, and at the very bottom you will face an opponent who uses card decks for, and strategies of the adventurers and it'll show you what cards are going to come up and you'll have to playing for p- p- those cards and it's a really cool, really interesting, fun reversal. So one of the things that has been both delighting and frustrating me about Slay the Spire is I want to keep playing Slay the Spire. I really enjoy the gameplay loop. I really enjoy... Uh, building a deck. I enjoy starting out with a very basic hand and then getting rid of all of the uh, crappy cards and then replacing them with really cool cards. I like having a plan and I like that coming off. But The thing that was starting to um like i i I'm not fundamentally done with that loop but there are things about slay the spire like so you keep on encountering the same enemies on the way up the spire and the encounters you don't know what order you're going to have them in but i know oh it's the three men with crow heads i know how to deal with them oh it's the three birds that come a fly at you. I know how to deal with them. Oh, it's this boss battle with... Um, a big old a big old, massive tentacles nobody knows how to deal with this I've just got to try my best that kind of thing um, and while I am still enjoying Slay the Spire I wanted to get more out of it so finding out that there was this absolutely full-throated mod going and that it is mixing things up so you quite often go to question mark rooms where there will be an event for example and almost all of those events have been remixed for the fact that you are now playing as one of the bosses so uh there's a a fairly common one uh on the earlier floors where you will fall into a um vat of slime goo and you will you can either retrieve your gold from the slimy puddle uh, and lose hp or you can just go on and accept that you're going to uh, lose all your gold but if you're playing as the slime boss when you get to that encounter you're like hey cool some slime goo want to summon the slime goo goo or just have a bath in it so it becomes a good thing for you and there's loads of things like that where it's really fun and really creative and i really like what the developers have done with it um if, when you when you encounter the merchant so if you're going on the way up with one of the adventurers the merchant will um sell you cards and sell you relics and sell you power-ups whereas if you are going down the merchant will fucking fight you and uh you can you can try and kill the merchant over he has got a huge health bar so it's going to take multiple encounters but if you do you can then buy things without getting the fight and it's all of these things that really freshen it up in waste that i was absolutely ready for the thing that i'm not a hundred percent sure about yet is how much the uh player characters feel of a piece with the original player characters so all of the um basically every time so it starts with just one boss unlocked that you can play as and that's the slime boss um and then when you complete a run or i think is just when you make x number of uh gets down x number of floors with the slime boss it goes hey you can play as the guardian do enough Flaws as that. Oh, you can play as this one, and there's about seven bosses. So it's the the, the play the the character counters increased from about four to about twelve, which is wonderful <sighs> and exciting. um it, it, All of the play styles so far have felt quite fiddly. There are a lot of nouns that I'm having to get my head around. So I'm very excited going. Oh, great! I've unlocked the Guardian. I click on the Guardian, and then it says, Ah. You need to. You can lock gems in order to advance this. And I go, wait, what? What's all of this shit? And it's, 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 it's. I'm at the sensory overload stage at the moment, and it doesn't feel like it has the simplicity and the elegance of basic Slay like the Spire. And because it feels so fiddly, it also feels like the strategies I'm coming up with are less emergent, and it feels more like I'm maybe following. Uh, guidelines slightly more so at the moment I'm not loving it in the same way that when I first played Slay the Spire, I went man I just want to keep on coming at the same character again and again I feel like I'm gonna get good at it so to some extent, it may be solving the wrong issue, but anything that gets me playing more Slay the Spire is a good thing. And the amount of care and love that has gone into a free mod uh, is absolutely staggering. Like, it, it, Even if it ends up being a little bit less balanced than the base game. And hey, like the base game, they, they, they've been getting money for it. Yeah. They are professionals doing this. The fact that these hobbyists <sighs> have made something of such quality, I am in awe and whether or not it becomes my preferred way of playing the Slaver spire i think it's a fucking cool thing
0: yeah i mean so like it's cool those those kinds of things are really cool people who make mods people who write fan fiction people who make fan films or whatever and all of that is all of that is rad However, I think it, what is somewhat interesting, and it isn't necessarily like a fundamental thing that has to be the tr- the truth, but is like practically the truth, is that the interesting thing that distinguishes like people who create additional game stuff is that that is almost always e- like made to be inside of the existing game. So when people write fan fiction for a book they like. The 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 fan fiction isn't literally like modded into the book, isn't like taped into the book, (laughs) and like when you make a fan film or whatever, or like you're not you're not like adding it to the DVD set. No, yeah, yeah. I think it is like fundamentally an interesting artifact of of the reality of people who mod games. Is that your like fan editions or whatever? are are have to be like smudged into the original game and like obviously you could make a fan game about a thing that is a separate executable that is entirely different or whatever that is obviously true but i think what is interesting about mods is is like this idea that you are creating things and merging it into the original
2: yeah it's very weird but it's very neat it is neat. It is very neat.
0: I, also, when you were, when you, when you started describing it, I was thinking that like, oh, you're one of the bosses, so you just sit there for a while and tell <laughs> me. And I think that would be way funnier. Uh, like, I, I, I see why they would do the thing where you go downwards, uh, to, to meet the, the party or whatever. Um, because then you're actually doing things. But I do think that it is significantly funnier if you just had to sit there and wait for, for a, 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 an AI to show up one day. I agree. That would be a lot of funnier. You're just you're just checking monster Twitter. Yeah, Which is just regular Twitter. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, I, I like it a lot. I like, I like that a lot, and it's cool. Like, it, I I love being able to jump back into things, something that I feel familiar with, or something that I have feel affection for, and being able to <coughs> experience it again and feel some amount of novelty, even if it isn't, like, the same level of novelty. I um, think that I've, I've mentioned multiple times is that when I first, when I played the first Kotor game, which was, you know, it was probably the first, like, CRPG that I was really invested in. And, like, I had probably, I had fiddled with some, some stuff before, but that was the first one that I really, really cared about. And when I was going back and replaying, and not only just, hey, if you make the bad choices, if you're the bad guy, you get different dialogue than if you're the good guy. Like, obviously that stuff is different. But there just being, like, side quests that, like, oh, I didn't even, like, meet this person the first time. I just didn't, I just didn't happen to be in this one place to get this one piece of the, I'm like, oh, there's, there's content hidden in here that I just didn't, I didn't do the first time. And like, I remember playing it like the third or fourth time and still like, not like you're getting like, oh, huge chunks of the game that you've never seen, but like, oh, wow, that's like a piece of dialogue that I've never, I've never heard before. That's cool as hell. Um, so yeah, and you, you getting that experience, uh, especially like when people mod games or like do like, uh, like huge, like, total conversion mods uh, of things for like, games that are like, oh, yeah, this game is 10 years old. This game is 20 years old. Or, like, like they're still fucking putting out Doom maps. <laughs> like, like oh, hey, uh, like, John Romero put out a Doom map, like, 20 years after Doom came out. And they like, like, that's pretty fucking cool. Yeah,
2: that's super cool.
0: I like it a lot. Um, any other video games are or just, or just modded out Slay the Spire? I think that's been it this week. All right, so we're going to talk about Stray. I have okay. played. I have played Stray. I've not beaten Stray, but I played Stray and uh, Laughlin. I almost called you by your f- legal name. That's weird that I almost <laughs> did that. Uh, Laughlin, um, uh, what is your? Um, th- you you have have you put time into it? How far are you into
1: Stray? I actually I did not manage to mm-hmm. play it yet because I was pretty busy uh, after I mean. work, but. <laughs> Um uh, this, is, this is exactly what I'm going to do first thing tomorrow. Stray. Um, and I'm very, very excited for it. I took, um, read a little bit about it, and I'm excited for it.
0: Yeah. So Stray is a, it's also referred to as cat game, possibly, yeah. popularly. You know, hey, want to play cat game? Uh, it is a game where you play as a cat, and you're in something of a dystopia question mark you're in a you're in a city uh you're in a place where there aren't humans anymore almost like near all uh and there but there are robots and there are robots who are who you know they run a gamut of affection uh or or or, or affectation rather um and some of them are sad robots i I would say probably they're all sad robots some of them are more sad than others (laughs) um uh, all, it's all not it's not a great place to be but it is it is very uh whimsical i would say even though like there are some there are some like maudlin aspects to it um of like you know you're living in a dystopia and you're a cat uh, you just you don't talk because you're cat i mean you talk in as much as you, there's uh, you <laughs> press circle to meow <laughs> uh is is a thing um <laughs> that I, I i enjoy um i do i am loath to spoil anything but i do think that there is an important like content warning in that pretty early in that game there is like the cat is in peril and the cat gets hurt it is not dead but um so if you don't like that i know that there are lots of people out there who like seeing animals get hurt is is exceedingly unpleasant so uh do know that going in that that is relatively early but i would say besides the getting the like mood right and getting much of the the writing uh, mm-hmm. pretty solid with all of the robots that you're meeting up with and talking to even though, talking to even though you're a cat um all that stuff is good i think what they have nailed more than anything else is all of the mannerisms and quirks of cats. Um, there is so much in this game, and I get I, it's, it's it's hard because I, I want to I want to call out specific things, but I don't I don't want to like ruin the experience for anybody. Um, but if you have ever experienced a cat, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know uh, that this is obviously a very authentic cat experience <laughs> of doing the destructive shit that cats do, doing the cute shit that cats do. It is a very, um, delightful game. And by all accounts, it's a fucking massive hit. Um, it reviewed very well and it seems to be like pretty, going pretty viral. Like people are talking about it. people who aren't just in the game sphere are talking about it and obviously like posting it like, uh, videos of their cats reacting to stray. <laughs> um, and that's all been delightful. And I, I, even read a headline, uh, that was like, this is Annapurna's biggest released to date like this is this is a huge thing oh, wow. for for annapurna so i am curious rob you 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 seem to be on you seem to be on the on the fence about it about having once been excited and now not excited what what, what are you what, what are your feelings now about stray
2: yeah it's uh, i i remember seeing trailers uh years ago it must have been and going oh man they really do cap the cat let's that that looks lovely and yeah i think there was a i think a recent state of play or something they showed some footage of it and i found it a little bit underwhelming was like oh I, I can't quite remember what it was that hyped me up so much about that game um aside from vibes and you truly do cat the cat um it's i, I mean the fact that this is a thing that i vaguely like the vibe of anyway and is being reviewed as highly as that hey, hey, that's, I might just can.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's pretty cool. And it's also, it, it has the benefit of, it's not that long. Um, I was looking at some stuff from How to Beat, How Long to Beat. Um, and it looks like if you're just, if you just, you know, beelining, you can probably finish it in about eight hours. And then if you're doing side stuff, which is uh, what I'm, I'm trying to do, um, try, I'm, I, I am in the, I'm still in, I've spent about two hours and I'm still in the first major area. And it is my understanding there is more. Um, but I wanna, I wanna like, I'm like, okay, well, there's a shop here and I need three of these fucking, like, energy drinks for me to get this last thing. I wanna find this last fucking energy drink. (laughs) So, uh, I've been, I've been running around trying to get an energy drink for a little bit. Um, and it is my understanding. I, I, I know exactly where to go to progress, like, to move forward. And I'm like, I don't wanna do that yet. (laughs) I, I wanna, I wanna kick it as a cat for a little bit and then I'll progress. Um, it is my understanding it's about, probably about eight hours if you're, if you are doing side stuff too. Uh, if you're, you know, hunting down energy drinks, um, and giving them to robots. Um, so, you know, four to eight hours is a pretty, that's, that, I feel like that is a pretty great time, uh, for a video game. I, I, like that a lot. I, I remember being alive and into video games in the mid aughts. And people talking about eight hour like <laughs> times for video games and people balking at the idea of an eight hour video game. To be so like, definitely. No, that's too short. It needs to be more and all to be fair in the in the mid-aughts, there really wasn't a great path for smaller games, where, like, pretty much every game was... E- like, a game was either, like, it was going to be $50, and it was going to be on consoles or PC, and it had to be full price, and with the expectation that it was a big, ornate thing, or it was like a a GBA or DS game. Like those are like, those are your two options (laughs) for making a game. You either have to make it like compete with like the biggest games, or you have to make something that fits on a portable. And those are your only options. And you know, we live in a different world now, so this is not a full price thing. I think it's, I think it, I think the, the sticker price is $30. Um, and then it is included in some tiers of PlayStation plus, but not the base tier. Um, and it's also available on Steam and Epic Games Store, I think, on PC. So, um, it's cool. Um, uh, I, 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 would love for more games to be four to eight hours long, and I would finish more of them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, like, I can think about so many games that I have put, like, 10, 12 hours into, and I'm like, oh, I'm like a quarter into this game. <laughs> <laughs> like i feel like i've gotten my fill but there is so much more to go
2: yeah it's funny yeah when you're talking about the mid 2000s and i'm thinking man yeah i would have absolutely been i i would probably have been horrified by the <laughs> eight hour game at that time because i had so much more time and so much uh less money yeah but i'd really want to stretch it as far as possible but yeah absolutely
0: very much the inverse <laughs> yes That is, is, uh, as I say, how it goes. Uh, Laughlin, have you been playing any other games that are not stray?
1: Well, I did play some D&D. How was that? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, So, in one campaign, we have um, automatons jumping out from the ground and uh, attacking the dwarven fortress that we made our home. Mm -hmm. And it's not great. Then, um, one of our... uh, One of the mm, team members, the wizard, suggested that it's possible that the automatons are being created by the spider that we dispatched off at the very beginning of the campaign. And I do not want this very, very much (laughs) because I hate spiders.
0: Um, is there, is there any spider visualization or is it just like in, in the mind's eye, there's a spider?
1: Well, in the mind's eye, really, oh. most of the time, but still, I don't want this at all. Oh,
0: yeah, definitely. Like, I get it. But there is, like, I think about things that, like, like I, for me, I'm not, I don't really have, um, like vi- so much visual phobias, like things that, 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 like spook me, but I do have things that kind of like turn my stomach. And for me, it's a lot of like teeth stuff. Um When people, like, zoom into teeth, I think that's really yeah. gross. I think it's hell of gross. But if you just, like, say zoomed in teeth that are gross, it doesn't do much for me. But if you show me <laughs> zoomed in teeth that are gross, I'm like, ah! No. Um, so I do think that, like, optimally, yeah, no spiders would be would be the best the best path forward. But as long as there aren't pictures of spiders, it does feel like you're at least you're at least winning on that front. A truly
2: dedicated DM would catch a spider, especially,
0: and let it loose, and said, "There's been a spider loose in this in this room for the last thirty five minutes." <laughs> oh,
1: guys, no, I don't want this.
0: Um, keep
2: it under uh, a cup until a dramatic moment yeah
0: you know what yeah. i do really like is when people who are into tabletop uh like role-playing um and they just happen to have somebody either either everybody there is good at art or at least somebody there is good at, at visual art and then they'll draw all the things that are happening where like they'll do a, they'll do like a summary of like hey here's like you know 10 panels or whatever of this thing we did over a course of five hours. I think that stuff's really cool.
2: Laura always draws a map uh, as, as we're doing uh, games. And yeah,
0: very, very, very much similar vibe. I like it. It's nice. It is very, very nice. I, I, yeah, you know,
1: in the, in so. this game, we do have uh, uh, one player who is uh, very good at drawing and he did like um, a uh, group portrait. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Our, I like that. Yeah, and it's really cute, and I love it. <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: Rob, you gotta you gotta make a song for like oh we played we played a round of of uh, Ultimate Werewolf, so now I have to write write a song about the villagers. <laughs> I've, I've, I could do something like that. Have you have you ever been uh, inspired to do something based on the tabletop uh, things that you've done? Oh, that's a broad question like create like, ma- like make something like create something is what I mean yes. like is it like you know not like think about it, but I mean like actually make something because of like you were inspired by a game that you were playing uh I've spent a lot of today just uh putting
2: like <laughs> drawing board game maps and moving moving little uh pieces of wooden cubes around and going, oh well, if we had a game where uh i was giving people cards for this thing would that be fun so i i guess i've been inspired to make more board games
0: yeah i mean that i mean hell that is that is like the thing right is that like when you play that you're playing games and you're like well shit this makes me want to do my own stuff or like even if it's not from scratch it's like oh okay what if we started with these rules and then what if we altered it in these specific ways or like what if we use the, the like, navigation system from this game, and then we resolved combat in this other system? Like, that stuff is all really cool, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly that. And I mentioned at the start that I'd been looking at a bear printer thing. The reason I want that is because I want to be able to prototype cards easily, as opposed to... Uh, of writing them all out on scraps of paper by
0: hand that is cool like <clears throat> so is there like pre-cut cardstock that you just like dump into it or do you have to like get cardstock and then cut out the card
2: my assumption is that I would have to cut out the card so what I'm looking at is I'm seeing if there's anything like a mini printer where I could just put uh, a little, a little sliced out cards into a, a card sleeve, which I've got tons of hanging around anyway, so it, it ends up being amounting to about the same thing.
0: You also might be able to find, uh, like, a puncher that like that, basically is just the the, the size uh, and shape of a card. Of like oh, a that's a fun card. Yeah, you, d- you can just punch it out of cardstock.
2: Ooh, I wonder if I could, yeah.
0: I, that has to exist, right? Like, there's no way that I just invented that. That has to be a thing that you can buy. <laughs> It's certainly a
2: good idea if it's not
0: <laughs> anything. Anything of value that I think of, I'm like somebody's already done that. Yeah, <laughs> sure. somebody's already done it. There's, no way, salt there's salt no way. I invent
1: characters.
0: Although I guess to be fair, it's not always about thinking of a unique idea. It's often about how you exit like one executing to begin with, and two executing well is is a big thing. And marketing is part yeah. of execution. So people, maybe people just. They've thought of it, maybe they've even made it, but they haven't marketed it well enough, because here you have Rob, your target demographic of somebody who wants to make cards, doesn't know. Yeah, I've not found it. Yeah. market so. harder, losers. Yeah, get good. Target your advertising better. Um... So yeah, that's cool. I, I think that, that's, that's neat as hell. I, I, am still a little bit, uh, squicked out about being in places, uh, inside in places, uh, with people. Um, like I went to a, a, political thing and things were socially distanced and that's great, but I was the only one in there wearing a mask and I didn't like, I didn't, I mean, like, it's fine. I'm going to be fine, but I don't, it doesn't make me feel good.
2: Yeah, I've ended up being... I still insistently wear masks in places like shops and trains and all of that stuff. Uh, But I have been, at this stage, immersion therapied into... I've taken enough trains to no longer expect people to be wearing masks or to make loud comments about oh it's
0: a bit rude that person's not wearing a mask
2: yeah <laughs> it's i've 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 given up expecting the same of anyone else just yeah when
0: i go to a grocery store i would say probably <sighs> one in 10 or one in 12 people's wearing a mask yeah it's not it's not as many as there should be is it nope uh, and it is, it's like it is a sp- so one here in the united states um they change the c d c our our center for disease control change the way they report things as to make things look better than they are Ugh. if we u- if we use if we use their old reporting standard, um, it would be like ninety, something like ninety-five percent of counties uh, in in the United States would be in the in like the high transmissible uh, range of like okay, there's lots of people in the community spreading disease. <laughs> um, in in the current one, where they have just like, what if we just made the ranges way bigger? <laughs> um, it's like oh yeah, everything's fine when you do, when you just manipulate the data, it's all fine. Um, so that's all bad uh and then also today uh the fucking president of the united states tested positive so oh did he oh yeah 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 he tested positive he he's he is he has the covid um oh that'll probably get him <laughs> he says he has mild symptoms i don't know so here but here is the problem here's the problem with uh, the, uh our current system is that you have these ancient people um who are who are the upper class, who are the ruling class, and they have access to um infinite amounts of life saving material. Um and like when you talk about Trump, like it is it is widely understood that when he got COVID in twenty twenty, he was really fucking sick, and this was obviously this was before we had um, the vaccines or anything. Yeah, he was really really sick, and he was on, he only got better because he had access to huge amounts of of medical support um, that you know an average normie like uh, like me uh, would not have access to. Like we would have access to some to some. Hopefully, if you're <laughs> assuming that your hospital was not out of beds, which they very well might have been would not have that capacity and probably would have died. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I would be surprised if Biden dies from this. He is vaccinated and the like. Um, and he, he reports to having, uh, you know. Mild symptoms, but it is—I think it is very telling that the fucking president of the United States, the elderly president of the United States, has it. Who you know, who who is going to be the most sheltered, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think it is frustrating that COVID is obviously still so prevalent that that happens, and it is treated as if it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no, I hear what you saying. Yeah. It is madly frustrating. Anyway, video games. Um, I, so Stray came out because no, video games aren't allowed to come out, um, at a small pace. Everything, ha- if it's going to come out, has to come out uh, against other video games. It's the only path forward. Um, the same day that Stray came out, um, as Dusk Falls comes out, which is the highly stylized, um, game that very much looks like it is taking um aspects of uh David Cage games, like so like the 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 choice grid of of uh Detroit Become Human where it's you know like there's all these potential branching paths in the narrative and it kind of like shows it to you. So that it is it is clearly inspired by some David Cage stuff. It's you know clearly inspired by a lot of narrative things like Telltale or whatever. And it has a lot of like the the like, motion comic look. Do you know, do you know what I'm talking about when I say, uh, motion comic looking? I think so, yeah. Where you have, like, the, the figures cut out from the background, and so it's like, it's animated, but only slightly in that, like, there's parallax.
2: Yes, I know exactly the look you're, you're describing,
0: yeah. yes. So that game came out, and I, I want to, I want to get around to it. I don't love the way it looks, but I am, I love those kinds of games. Like, I, I am very, I am very into that, that <laughs> style of storytelling. Um, I have not touched it yet because, Power wash simulator popped up and I'm like, oh, m- my wife is gonna fucking love this. <laughs> so last night, um, instead of playing str- more stray or instead of playing, instead of touching, uh, a- as, uh, Calls, I uh, gave the controller over to my wife and said, go to town. And so she, um, power washed the shit out of a van. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, and I think it, like, it is a cool thing and I really liked watching her do it because she's, like, she's somebody who will watch a power washing video of somebody just saying, like, okay, here's this house, and I'm going to power wash all the dirt away. And she's going to be like, fuck yes, give me that. Um But this is, you know, you're doing, you're the one doing it. And I also found it interesting that her strategy on how to... What? how to get the van clean is so different than how I would have done it. She is very much like pick apart, like pick the front, you know, left the driver's side window and clean that 100%. Then go to the door and clean that. Then go to the, the you know, the back and do the bumper. She's just finding individual elements and doing them 100% right out of the gate. And I'm like, that's so interesting because I would never do it that way. (laughs) I would, um... I would go and just start, and I would get most of the things pretty clean, and then I would do spot work. So it is fascinating see- seeing someone accomplish a task, like, given a task, like a taskmaster almost. <laughs> um, and you're, you're given a task, clean this, and, you know, you're not given much instruction other than, like, here are the tools, spray the water on it, get it clean, <laughs> um, and watching someone tackle it very differently. And I I, I enjoy that substantially. Yeah, no, that sounds that sounds lovely, Rob. Do you think Power Wash Simulator is something that uh, would be up your alley?
2: No, I don't think
0: so. No. What if it was in VR? Maybe, maybe. I did almost ask if it was in
2: VR. Yeah. So, so, I mean, may- like,
0: it's certainly not on Xbox, but maybe it is on PC. Hell, it might be. Um, I could imagine. I could imagine firing up for
2: the novelty. I wouldn't want to spend more than maybe a fiver on it, but. Yeah.
0: Uh, well I mean that's the nice part is it's it's in Game Pass so. Oh, oh okay, fine. Yeah. Yes. Um are you and uh, you and Laura you or or Laura? Uh are you uh sticking with VR are you you still in, in virtual reality? Yeah, Laura a lot
2: more so than me. Laura's getting very very good at beat saber. Uh I put it on every now and then and attempt to uh beat some sabers. And uh, last time the, uh, the the battery was running low and I wasn't getting the haptic feedback from one hand uh, mm. for when I was hitting it and I was doing dreadfully. And I went, ah, fuck. Um, it's also been a little bit hampered uh, by the heat wave recently. Mm. Uh, we've just not wanted to be... <laughs> So, not not wanting to be wearing anything on our heads, not wanting to be moving around, fully lethargic. But yeah, 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 we're still very much in the in the VR swish. Laura more than me, but both of us to some extent.
0: Yeah, I am. I am in. I am currently in my office, um, and with no air conditioning access, while I'm recording a podcast, and I'm just. I have. I have my shirt off, and I am just dripping in sweat. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, it is, it is literally pooling.
2: Oh man, you, you pull so, <laughs> um, I, I,
0: and I, you know, there's no <laughs> looking at the forecast. There's no letting up. It is, um, it is going to be. Let me, let me do some quick uh, conversions. So like 95 F to C. I think, I think that's in like the mid 30s. Yeah. So 95 Fahrenheit is 35 Celsius. Ooh. So, <sighs> so. that is that's what it's going to be like until at least sometime next week and to be fair it's not like it's not like it's that high at night but like it's not like it's getting much chillier at night it is going you know a couple degrees cooler at night like probably like 10 degrees fahrenheit cooler um and then you know jumping back up to 95 every day and uh so it's fucking miserable yeah i had two days of that and couldn't cope uh my my
2: severe condolences (laughs) how how uh, what was your what was your peak temp uh peak temperature here i think was 37 degrees mm-hmm. celsius which is i think that might be around the 100 part let's find out these in fahrenheit is uh 98.6 degrees so yeah, yeah very close yeah so you
0: you yeah you are you're at human you're at you're at core temperature <laughs> yes <laughs> your your outsides are as hot as your insides finally uh Laughlin what is your what is the what is the what is your peak temperature like lately uh,
1: today there was thirty two yesterday it was quite cooler the um, the heat wave is only just beginning it's the second day of the really nasty weather right yeah. now and it's uh it's uh divined yeah. to go up to um, I think 38 in a couple of days
0: that's a lot that's very it's very hot so I would I would say there I mean like obviously there is a heat wave here but I, this is not out of character with where I am geographically. Yeah. Um, like it's, it's the end of July. So like the second half of July and most of August are our hottest parts of the year. So like, and it is not, it is not uncommon for us to have a couple of days to have like, I don't know, maybe three, four days that are, uh, you know, in the low hundreds, uh, Fahrenheit. So like, let's see what's one, 100, two F to C is, uh, 30, yeah. 38.89. So like 39, so 39 degrees. Like, yeah. So like, it is not uncommon for the, for us to hit that for, you know, two, three, four days, something like that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's hot here and it's, it's, yeah. Uh, unpleasant. Yeah.
1: Ge- Geographically, I am more or less at the level of between Calgary and Edmonton.
0: Okay. So that's real, real, hot, real far up North. <laughs> Quite. <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I am, I am pretty much at the, at the same latitude as, as, uh, Lisbon, so it is fucking swamp time, baby. Um, uh, you know, and it's also it's, I'm I'm at sea level, and I live, you know, by rivers and creeks, um, or cricks, as my fellow Delawareans would call them. Um, and it is, uh, it's just, uh, it's a a very high humidity is what I would say is, is that in the United States, in like the, the Western, let's say the Western third of, of the continental United States, it is, um, pretty good. It's, it's, it's pretty dry. Like it is, it is a dry section of our, there's lots of deserts there. Um, and so like in Arizona, they are routinely in the high nineties, low hundreds, like it is in in the summer. That is, that is a common thing however that and that's very hot and is va- and it is dangerous, absolutely, but they're very dry, they don't have the humidity so uh, much of much of the the eastern part of the country is where all the the humidity is, where everything's green and fucking wet um when that gets hot. It's extra fucking miserable <laughs> because there's nowhere for your heat to go. Like, your body is sweating because it's like, we got to evaporate some of this shit. We got to cool off our body. And the environment says, to where, motherfucker? <laughs> 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 so instead of your your sweat evaporating, it just stays on you. So you're just moist all the time. Yeah, or, or you start pooling. Like Sounds not. good. It's not great. It's not not great. And then also <laughs> So even though this is not extraordinarily out of the ordinary, you do look at maps of like <laughs> average temperatures and it is just it is di- it is dire. <laughs> like the la- the last like 25 years here are, have been like on average the ho- like the hottest but like in in the last 100 years. Like it is it is all of the hot is is you know shoved all the way to the most recently because of you know car- <laughs> carbon (laughs) releasing pollutants into the air and slowly choking off human life um video games the last video game thing i wanted to talk about is fallout um so two things when i was on vacation i was listening to some folks talk about fallout new vegas and i have the mental disorder in which Every, every year or so, I hear someone talking about Fallout New Vegas. And I'm like, I should play Fallout New Vegas. <laughs> and then I installed Fallout New Vegas. I'm like, I'm like, I'm going to try to patch it up. And then I, I installed it and I followed a guide to get a bunch of like, Hey, Fallout New Vegas is fucked you should do these things to try to unfuck it. And I did all the things and it, the, like I'm not adding like super fancy shit. I'm not I'm not trying to like ultra texture mod, uh, m- mega ultra cool guy stuff. I'm mostly just trying to be like fix the stuff that makes it crash all the time. <laughs> fix the, the the make this run better. <laughs> uh make it run at all, one, number one, and then two make it run better. Um and The results, um... PC or not, uh, you know, it's playable. Um, I would say that the frame rate is very unstable. Um, anytime there's particle stuff, uh, mind mind you, this is, my computer is, came out many, many, many years after (laughs) Fallout New Vegas came out. Uh, it, it, uh, is far within the specs that it, that it can run. Um, but anytime there's like, uh, like a, like a whirlwind that kicks up dust, it tanks the frame rate, and that's not great. And then there's also something in the conf, that's, that's causing some sort of conflict that some NPCs just have a giant red diamond, like, tra- like translucent red diamond over them that has a big, um, exclamation mark on it. And I'm like, this is not, this is not good. This is not playable. This game is not very functional.
2: Which mod was that?
0: Oh god, I, I wish I, I, wish I, I wish I knew Rob, cause there's like fucking eight of them that like in the, in the, the like I'm looking up, you know, obviously this is just a guide by a person, but like, hey, do you want to get Fallout New Vegas running in 2022 on a computer? Do these. This is the shit you need to. First of all, edit some mini files. <laughs> um, yeah, so that, all that stuff is miserable. I am considering just loading it up on the Xbox. It does have the frame rate boost on on the Xbox uh, series, so I am I am just considering booting it up on the Xbox to to fool around with it. Um, but I guess I wanted to do two aspects of this. One, Rob, when was the last time you played New Vegas?
2: Oh,
0: it was in the last couple of years. Laughlin, when was the last time you played New Vegas?
1: Uh, also within the last couple of years, I'm gonna say four. Mm-hmm.
0: I am I am exceedingly curious as to how the story stuff is. I, I I've I've been listening to some summaries of, of people's uh, talking about the things, but it's not the same as experiencing it. I I would like to. I feel like the problem is every time I have tried to do this, I spend like five hours. <laughs> trying to get through things and then i am just like this is taking too long to get to anything interesting (laughs) and then i'm just like i fall fall out or i fall i fall i fall out um i fall off um and and go do something else i would really like to i would like to to finish the main content of that game you know, over a decade later, um, because I—I'm sure I have opinions about it, but I—I um, I, I don't fully know. I do know that that game looks fucking old. Yeah, it's certainly,
2: I think it's reaching an interval where, uh, maybe, maybe 10 years from now, people will be deliberately making games in the Fallout New Vegas. I hope not.
0: It's so ugly.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not a, it's not a pretty game. Um, but yeah, it probably does fall in a bit of a strange sulcus at the moment where it's very much from the era of, uh. Wouldn't it be great if all of the games took ninety hours? Mm-hmm. Maybe, um, and it's 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 in that era, and it's also got some of the things where they're not quite, they're not really finalised video games in uh in 2008 or 2007 or whenever it was that they built it so you're saying we're not at the end of history rob i'm i'm starting to believe that yeah um but yeah there's there's a lot of uh, i mean it's coming to a point where the lack of uh or some of the design lessons that had not yet been learned Mm -hmm. are starting to show in ways that um that I was more patient with at the time, yeah, uh, and a lot less so now. So yeah, I think I think the start of Fallout New Vegas is, as you say, incredibly slow. But when it opens up, it does have all of the wonderful stuff. Like I mean, you know, surely having listened to the people talking about it you must have gone
0: that sounds pretty good um it, but it sounds of- interesting i don't even know i don't even know if it's like good in that like i'm going to love it but it it is at least doing interesting there is some stuff about tr- using the word tribal that I'm just like ah no um some some stuff that I have heard has been like ah no we surely we knew better in 2011 than to do this <laughs> um but certainly interesting at the uh, if, if not if not good then worth experiencing
2: and it's very much got the thing that you were describing earlier about being a game where you will come back to it and play through it a second time and be like, I had absolutely no idea any of this stuff was there, which I guess is is unsurprising given that it is a big open world um, Bethesda engine game but nevertheless because the it does the story stuff broadly so well um that stuff feels good in a way that it might not necessarily if it's just oh it's oblivion and uh i guess i didn't find this cave uh no. it, it tends to be really really cool stuff that it is go, an interesting, oh my god
0: it is an interesting um uh, so i i don't want i don't want to take credit for this this is uh this is a um Too much future. The the folks over at um, Range Touch. This is this is their take that I am repeating here for you to hear. Not this this is not my take. That Bethesda, even when they are in when they are making a Fallout game, tend to work in a fantasy mode. Where, like, there are big ideas of, like, good and evil, and, like, and so much of it is about, like, working within, like, this broad, um, idea of, of, like, there are, there are forces at work, and you need to inter, and you need to, like, try to intervene, be, like, this big, you know, you are, you are serving the purpose of, of, of being the hand of fate, essentially. And their comparison was that when Obsidian is working in Fallout, and and obviously like Black Isles before, when they were doing Fallout 1 and 2, yeah. they're in much more of a science fiction mode, where it's like there's much more describing things that exist in the world, and you can interact with them, and you can influence them, but you are not like the hand of God.
2: Yeah, from my uh, deep but not broad experience of both studios... Uh... Fallout games, that that feels roughly on point. I would say that I feel that Fallout 4 um, has at least made an attempt to grab back some of the ideas from Fallout New Vegas that work well with having different rival factions, which you can align with in different ways, and it tries to put more meat on all of those bones, although there is still one that is very clearly the evil corporation yeah um, no matter how much they try to press it although i guess that's true of fallout new vegas as well um but yeah yeah no that, that that's certainly a a fair and interesting take
0: and so i i am i am certainly interested and and listen they're like hey obsidian made kotor 2 one of my favorite games of all time i fucking love that game um And you know, obviously Chris Avalone has uh some some serious uh problems in in terms of like a Me Too uh type deal in the in the current era. But um yeah, certainly Chris Avalone has been involved with some pretty cool stuff. And it's my understanding he wrote two of the DLCs. He was the lead writer on two of the DLCs, I should say. Yes, I believe that is the case, yes. Um so that's cool. And then obviously like there are plenty of other um, I'm trying to remember. There's a, the the director of, of Fallout New Vegas. He's also he's he's been like a a fundamental part of of a, a handful of like really important games. Like um, he Josh I don't think Sawyer. He, say again, Josh Sawyer? Sawyer? Yeah, I think I th- yes, I think that is it. And he was like he was on uh Shadow of Mordor. Like he's been he's been he has a a, a CV that is substantial. Um. So yeah, I, I am I'm interested. The second part of Fallout. Is there has been a lot of stuff. So I, I, my primary job is not covering game stuff, but like my, my, my secondary job is managing a uh, a sub a, a subspace one might call it um, about games. And so basically, I'm just you know aggregating gaming news. So I look at a lot of gaming news, and I saw you know I saw a, I've seen some things multiple times now about um, a, a mod for Fallout 4 on PC that is called Fallout. London, that is like basically the idea of this is like an entire game that is using the Fallout 4 engine, but to tell a story in London. And I want to hear. From both of you, but I'll start with you, Rob. One, have you heard of it? And two, how much does Fallout, but in you know the UK, how much does that do anything for you?
2: I haven't heard of it, and at the moment, the amount that it does for me is mildly curious. But I think so much of what I like about Fallout is the Americana, is the fifties, um, old-timey American juxtaposed with the absolutely trashed-up landscape. So I. I morbidly curious I think is probably the way to sum it up
0: I don't know there's some 1950s British shit that I think you could easily be like you know you're juxtaposing like keep calm and carry on with the, the oh, nightmare. I absolutely agree,
2: but that's not that's but you're not what you're coming to Fallout I... Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's 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 the. But I do agree that, that it has its own fifties character. Yes. Yeah, keep calm and carry on is a very very good example, and this is, I'm sure you could do lots of cool stuff in the London Underground.
0: Um, and what about you, Laughlin? Have you one heard of it, and two, are you interested in this in this large scale uh, fan project? <sighs>
1: um... You say it's a fan project, then yeah, I am interested. Uh, I did not hear about this before, mm-hmm. but if... Uh, indeed, indeed, this is made by fans, and they're not going to you know, uh, mistreat the... Uh, okay, so...
0: Let me put this in chat. Th- fi-
1: okay, so, sorry. F- 50s in the UK and 50s in the US were quite different. Mm-hmm. So... I feel like they should probably stick to how the 50s were in the UK for it to have a genuine feel. And then spice it up Fallout style. Uh, Yeah.
0: So, like, I I would agree with you that, like, there are obviously, like, very distinct cultural differences um, in, in, like, what was happening in the 50s. And, and, And obviously, like, Fallout is not taking place in the 50s. It's, you know... Things have he things have changed since like the fifties is the place where it diverges from our reality. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, but it's been like frozen in time in the exactly. nuclear vaults for quite a while. Yeah.
0: So, um, what I would say is that I I, I totally agree that there that there is like distinct cultural aspects about like who was in control, what was in control, what were things that people would do, or things that people wouldn't do. However, the fifties is like this fascinating period where there is, where, like is the the you know post world war 2 there is like the the rise of the 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 hege- of the hege- hegemony um where you're it is like the the West is becoming like increasingly, especially from a geopolitical perspective, not necessarily entirely from a cultural perspective, but it is becoming more and more homogenous. And like how I referenced <laughs> Rob like a, a little bit ago about the en- like the end of history, it is like the fifties, so, like in the, the post war, in like late forties into the fifties, and then until probably. <sighs> like the financial collapse there was like this like broad agreement that like we have solved politics we've we've done it like especially like the 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 like russia falls and all that stuff in in like the 80s and early 90s all that shit is like you have the west as this like cultural giant of just like we are geopolitically The same. Like, whether you're in France or the United States, there is, like, a distinct we have solved politics broadly and everything else is just the nitty gritty details. Like obviously like liberal democracy, obviously that's just the future and everybody will just like merge into liberal democracy and it'll all be fine is like largely the idea that people had from like the late 1940s until somewhat recently was just like, it's all trending towards the one thing. Liberal democracy is on its way, baby everywhere across the globe. Uh, and that's clearly not the case. Um, uh, I, that I do think is like, you can use that in those, in that, like, you can use those similarities of viewpoint between the ruling class of 1950s Uh, london and like 1950s like washington dc you can like make those huge like very clear comparisons and then contrast them with like the cultural differences yeah certainly certainly um it's cool i'm i am i am you know somewhat interested in it and and i I, one of the things i like about dystopian stories and obviously like we're (laughs) living through a dystopia so it's like I don't know if I need more dystopia but one of the things I do like about it is how much you you collapse the like the global aspect of society that because like, you know, it's not like we've always been this like global species in where like people doing thing on one continent um you know immediately know about another thing on a different continent. It's not like that's always been the case. Um so I do kind of like the idea that like there are all of these local, like hyper local faction stuff war like like conflicts that are happening that really aren't like meaningfully impacting places in, in, in you know, even relatively close. Like, think about what is kind of cool about Fallout 3 versus New Vegas is you're in entirely different parts of the country that are, like, 3,000 miles apart or 2,000 miles apart. That, like, what is happening in Vegas and, like, the Strip has real, like, no major ramifications on the stuff that is happening in, like, the mid-Atlantic coast. Like, yeah. there's just, there's just, like, they can't have an impact because there's, like, the the, com- the lines of communication are so sparse. And not to say that there's, like, no person that is ever going between them, but it's like, that's small potatoes. <laughs> the things that are impacting one place don't really impact another place drastically. So you you're with dystopia in that capacity um obviously you could have a global dystopia where everybody is still connected to each other an internet dystopia like we have now um but i think what is cool about it is that you're you're opening up the path for like oh there isn't one path forward there's like an infinite number of paths forward depending on your locality
2: yeah and it helps that what goes in vegas stays in vegas
0: yes of course absolutely um so that's all. That's all cool, and I am I am interested in seeing. I think that the, uh, the I I linked it, and I think the the uh release date is in 2023, so next year. Um, and I you know I saw the trailer last month, end of last month, I think, and um, it looks fine. Like yeah, I'm like yeah, that's about that's about what a <laughs> what a Fallout game looks like now. That's about right. I'm
2: pleased to see, uh, yeah, London Underground logos all over the shop. That's, that's
0: absolutely correct. So it's cool. It's very cool. Um, I went on vacation, and uh, it, was, it was nice. I went to uh, beautiful Kilns Pond uh, here in, in, in Delaware and uh, spent some time in a cabin. Uh, a substantial amount of time in a cabin and, you know, walking around, enjoying the, uh, the, na- the natural beauty of Delaware, enjoying, uh, the pond life, enjoying, uh, watching people kayak and not kayaking myself. I've learned from your mistakes, Rob. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it is very enjoyable. However, <laughs> in the, uh, I had, I had that scheduled for about three months. And then, uh, late last month, Amazon said, what if we uh? What if we put Prime Day smack down in the middle of Grand's vacation? <laughs> <laughs> so um, I I basically had a vacation in two parts. Uh, my first half of the vacation, you know, you leave, you go, and you set up camp, and you do all the things, and you uh, I I, ha- I saw my my um my aunt and uncle who live in a different part of the country who I haven't seen in. Like, definitely before the pandemic, probably like a couple years before that, I haven't seen it in a long time. They just happened to be in town for uh, a graduation and were like, Hey, we should see you. And I'm like, well, I happen to be on vacation. So you can't see me in the normal way, but you can <laughs> come down to the campsite. Uh, so I got to hang out with them. Very nice, uh, very n- enjoyable, uh, getting to, to, you know, relax and catch up with family. Um, On, you know, on the, on the screened in porch. It was very pleasant. And then, uh, that, that Tuesday, I then have to wake up at seven in the morning and drive to, back to my house and work a full day, uh, to do, you know, it's not the most stressful, but it's pretty stressful. Um, you have to, you know, do things on a pretty tight schedule to get things up, um, and go back, drive back to camp. Uh, pretend that you're vacationing for a couple of hours, <laughs> then wake <laughs> up and, uh, drive back to, 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 my, my home, work for another full day, and then drive back to camp, uh, and then have the second half of my vacation begin. Um, I would say it was still pretty good and pretty successful. And, uh, I, <laughs> I have this very frustrating thing where when I am on vacation, I feel like I have a lot of capacity to do things, to accomplish tasks, but also, like, creatively. Not necessarily thinking of ideas, but certainly executing ideas. And then, like, the moment that I am back to a normal schedule, I feel like all of the wind behind my sail is gone. And I no longer have, like, the will to execute. <laughs> uh, and I'm curious, Rob, do you find a, a similar... Um, uh, path when you when you are on vacation to some extent
2: yeah i guess not specifically on vacation but in general um just yeah it doesn't have to be on vacation for me to be sat there particularly if i'm, I'm a little bit out of my regular routine and i'll have some ideas and go, oh it'd be great to do that and then i'll get home and i'll be like i just want to sit in front of youtube or something like that so i'm i'm i'm, I'm working not hard hard but i am um, i'm yeah, trying to make positive life choices to try and make my time in the evenings after work and on the weekend feel a little bit more like being on holiday specifically even more so like gradually over the course of months but uh, increasingly over the last couple of weeks as well i think after it's been um after the heat waves come along um I've just realized that I don't want to do anything. Uh, I think I think I think having days where I didn't really want to do anything gave me a little bit of space to just lie there and think of going, oh, I'm having some quite nice ideas. I'm going to write some of these down. And um, yeah, yeah, it's. I don't know. I I, I feel like certainly the, the case with me is that the habits of being back home are not necessarily the things that will make me happy so much yep. as the things that are easy to do and that I know how to do and I know they will provide the correct amount of dopamine to get me to bed. Um, and yeah, I'm 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 increasingly trying to make an active effort to resist that kind of thing.
0: And it's weird, right? Because I am firmly a believer that like it is worthwhile to just do nothing. That like it is, it is restorative. It is good for your brain to spend a non-trivial amount of your time doing nothing. However, <laughs> um, I also have, have the compulsion because, you know, I grew up in the time and place that I grew up, um, that like when you are not accomplishing tasks, you're like, my brain feels like, oh, that was a waste. And I think that the, it, it is like recognizing that impulse and re- like actively rejecting it to be like, I didn't accomplish a thing, but in not accomplishing that, I am accomplishing a task. Y- yes, yes, absolutely.
2: No, I I I have the same thing in my brain where I'm going every second second closer to death. Better be <laughs> using it. Well, um and yeah, on Monday when the heat was absolutely sweltering, I was just having a little lie down on the floor and uh staring um just looking at the the bookshelf and going, "Oh, good books might just take one of them down have a little look at the back of the book put it back on the bookshelf and it was one of those things that I forgot that I used to just do like as a child I would think nothing of just lying on the floor for 10 minutes and just having a little look around uh instead yeah, it's, uh, I don't want to sound like one of those people who's like, "Oh, when I was a child, we had to make do with uh, just rolling some sticks in some mud for fun." And children these days don't know how easy they've got it. I'm absolutely not trying to say that, but I think uh, I think it's so easy to fill your day with something that I have forgotten that there is any other way to be. And yeah, it's things like vacation. It's things like uh, insane heat waves that will. Uh, they're doing me a favor by busting me out of those uh, rhythms.
0: Yep. And and similarly, um, being high, when I first started um, doing drugs, um, I remember feeling like, why do I feel so much deja vu about being a child when I'm taking drugs? And it is not the state of being high. It's that when I am high and that I'm just like, I'm just going to kick it on this bed or this couch. And I'm just going to look at the ceiling for a while is that I am then in a mode that I have not been in since I was a child of like, yeah, I'll just look at the fucking ceiling for a half hour. <laughs> like, yeah. that is something that I would, I, my instinct would be like, no, 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 look at your phone or, or something. Yes. Um, and that like as a child, like, yeah, I would spend long st- doing nothing of just like looking, just sitting, doing nothing. Um, that as an adult is, relatively rare this is going to sound possibly like an insane
2: person or incredibly relatable and probably nowhere in the middle um i maybe for uh for nine months or so been pointedly not putting on a podcast when i go to the shops and just walking in silence and i remember for a while being like oh but what if i get bored on the way to the shops (laughs) and i was like it's fine, Rob. You're, you're just allowed have, to be bored. Yeah, you're allowed to just let your thoughts go. And there was a while, I think particularly the the uh, pandemic didn't particularly help. And I was thinking, but if I don't have other thoughts, I will have my own thoughts. What if they're bastards? Uh, what if they're all anxieties and stuff? And then you do it. I like, oh know, that's fine. It's quite nice, actually. And yeah, more and more, I'm finding more and more ways to just just be a person and it's quite nice one one thing that i've done literally this week is uh a friend of mine just said oh i'm selling i'm i'm buying a new smartwatch does anyone want my old one i'll give you a really good deal on it and just being able to have this on my wrist so that i can just put my phone in my pocket mm-hmm. uh, sorry not my pocket that's where it is anyway so just put the phone in a drawer and i'm getting the bare minimum i can still tell what time it is if someone messages me with something urgent i can respond to them but it just means that i don't have the impulse to just scroll through the news or anything like that and that's that's wonderful
0: I am kind of in a weird it's, – it's tough, right? Because, you know, like three months ago or whatever, whenever fucking Elon Musk was like, I'm a buy Twitter or wh- oh, whatever, yes. I was like, okay, I'm going to check out of Twitter. I'm not going to post on Twitter anymore. And for a long time, I was just like not checking Twitter at all. And then at a certain point – so I well, not that's not true. I was only checking Twitter for work. And then yep. I realized that I was like, this is good and I like it because I'm not hooked into the machine that makes you mad all the time. However, however, I am now not, like, in the loop on things that I actually do care about. Like, I try to stay abreast about, um, like, uh, world politics. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, Oh, I just missed out that like, here's an entire election and I just didn't know about it. And like, li- like, listen, my life doesn't change one way or the other, but like, it's good to know things. <laughs> it's good. It's good to be aware of like what the world is like. So I, I am in search of, of somewhere in between of like where I can get some amount of, I, I don't want the, the fire hose of Twitter, but I do want like, if you just followed, like, a regular-ass news site, it is impossible, at least here in the United States, I don't know if it's different in other places, just, like, don't give a sh- they don't give a shit about what is happening in the rest of the world. Unless there's, like, a war that we're a part of, they just don't give a shit. Um, and I routinely have to, like, go to sources like, 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 um, uh, Populism Updates is a great Twitter account because, like, they're talking about elections that, you know, directly impact me, of course, but, like, talking about elections that are happening around the world, or like, oh, hey, this is what the situation is like in, like, hey, this is what the French election is like, Um, you know, like, I, I care about that. I, I want to know about it. So I, I probably, like, I, I think probably the solution, or at least an, an interim band-aid, is, like, make a list, make a Twitter list of things that are, like, actually do not necessarily bring me joy but are like oh no this is useful to know this i'm glad that i know this
2: yeah, no, I found similar things. The solution I've been taking so far has been um, so I tried RSS feeds, but that's not really worked because it's again, it's just choosing which fire hose you want to import. Yeah. It's not really that different from Twitter. What has worked broadly has been um, trying to replace news websites or news feeds mm-hmm. with news podcasts with the idea that I will get if something particularly exciting is happening, I will hear about it through the podcasts, but it feels a bit more like the newspaper approach of ah, you get a fee, you get updates when they happen, but you don't need to. Um, you don't, I, I don't need to be trapped in something that's trying to trap me in a dopamine loop, mm-hmm.
0: or you know, an absence of dopamine loop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, just it's like it's a it's a. I mean, like, it's it is. We are in a state where it when I look at. What is happening? I'm immediately furious. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but and so like not looking at it doesn't make me happier but it doesn't make me like a better person or a more informed person and i don't know where the balance of that is of like not constantly fueling that i'm fueling the monster of like i'm mad about this thing <laughs> because yeah. there's an infinite number of things to be mad about but they're also like important things to be mad about
2: yeah no it is a very tricky balance it's i i mean i'm increasingly finding that if i need to be mad about it someone will tell me <laughs> 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 which i guess relies on other people who are still priced into the newsosphere and at the moment incidentally with all of the in uh, the, the, the ludicrous uh tory party rumblings um i've been <laughs> breaking the news drought because there's a thing happening that i do want to keep an eye on um but i'm i'm at least i have learned that i can put that in a box when the thing stop that i am monitoring day by day stops happening um and yeah it's certainly the really
0: frustrating thing for me is that when you do i have done things like okay like rate how important this topic is to you, or like the, you know, like this, this issue is to you. And like, I go through the list of all of the topics and I'm like, oh, these are all really important. (laughs) Like, oh, I care about all of them. There isn't like, I'm not, I'm not like a one issue voter or activist. I'm like, no, this is all, all, all of these are, are like, these are all at least like an eight out of 10. These are all really important. Yeah. You just, you just want the world to be fixed, man. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. And, and the, the reality is like if you were able to focus on one thing you can't like you can have more impact when you focus in on one specific thing but I can't I, I can't I can't focus on one specific thing. I can focus on one specific thing for a particular like amount of time. Yeah. But there's always another fire to put out. Yeah, no. It's uh there's a lot of fires. Good time. What about you, Laughlin? Do you have a do you have that experience when you're vacationing where or on holiday as as the Brits would say about having um being uh like I don't know, creatively unlocked? Yes. How do you how do you put how do you, how do you wield that? Like are you writing in like a a journal? Are you like writing notes in your phone? How what do you, what do you do when you when you have the creative energy?
1: Oh, uh, it really depends on which type of creative energy I get because i uh, i do write, but i also uh paint and draw mm. so um i usually have uh like a sketchbook with me like mm. always pretty much always i i have that and uh if I feel like like writing something and I have a good idea i most of the time i take uh, notes on the phone and uh then uh send it to um to my computer when I come back and see if I can edit that a little bit and what came out basically.
0: That's cool. Yeah, definitely um, having having something that you like at hand that you can do in the moment. I think is is really good. And I know that for a lot of people, like, especially for people who are doing something like making music, but not just making music, having um, the ability like having like the voice memos function on a phone of being like I just want to like hum this out or I want to like say this thought that I have and I just want to have it like logged so I can come back to it at some point
1: Mm. yeah that's um, very convenient for uh, someone who who does uh, music and I mean I I play the ukulele but I never really tried composing anything so I'm not quite there yet but yeah voice recorder or any sort of recording definitely a good idea to have
0: What about you, Rob? You write, you might, you write music, um, at some, at some frequency. Uh, do you, do do things uh, when you are, do things like, uh, like stings or like little, like progressions, do they occur to you just, uh, like randomly? Like, Oh, Hey, a a thing came out of nowhere. Or is it almost always when you're like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to noodle on a keyboard or whatever.
2: Oh yeah, they absolutely come randomly. I have got a yeah, I've got a folder on my phone of voice recordings, which is just going to be me going boom, doo doo, ba doo ba doo or something like that. And uh, I every now and then will go back through those recordings and go, "Is there anything good in here?" And usually I'm like, "No, I can't quite work out what it was that I was uh, trying to get at." But uh, yeah, it does. Th- th- there are certainly. Uh, songs although i wouldn't be able to name one right now off the top of my head but there are songs that have come over come out of me maybe even on the bus humming something into my phone uh quietly so that i'm not alerting the other passengers and then getting home and going okay so that's an a c a b uh or whatever maybe
0: yeah, it's it's ACAB. Yeah. <laughs> every, every single time you come back and you're just like, fuck, I just did cab again.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's... Uh, you're like, what's oh, I'm just watching me
0: police violence and just humming cab to myself every time. Right, fuck.
2: I I really hope someone has uh, has written a song called "All Cups of Bastards" uh, and had that as the chord progression because that probably would work quite well as a chord progression.
0: Yeah, probably. That's, I mean, it sounds right. It sounds like it would work. Yeah. Um, a minor, perfect. Yep. Um, so yeah, vacation. Uh, you know, I feel somewhat refreshed. I feel good. Um, I, I I don't know if this is a problem that either of you have to deal with, but uh, I have a, a lawn to mow and uh, it I. <laughs> I can't even can't even go a, a week between mows now at, at this time of year without it looking fucking scraggly. Uh, you know, and it's not like it's not so it's not crazy high or anything, but like it doesn't look nice.
2: Yeah, no, I I do not have the pleasure of a lawn to mow; only tarmac, which does not mow very well.
0: Well, don't feel bad, Rob, about homeownership, because I had a uh roof guy come by and look at my shed and then look at a little kind of like uh secondarily built off offshoot that I use as my laundry room and be like, oh, yeah, those are... <laughs> fix these roofs that's gonna be 1500 bucks a pop and i'm like fuck
2: yeah i was uh i was in the office today and about three people around me were all comparing and contrasting uh stories of contractors they had had around their houses that had not done good work and i thought you know what i am okay to rent for at least another year
0: yeah, I mean, listen. Obviously, there's a thousand benefits to to being a homeowner, and I, I'm not trying to to dissuade anyone. It's it is good, and you're you're you know making money for yourself by owning a home and not throwing money into rent. Um, that's all true, but being in charge of stuff sucks. Yeah. Um, being the one where it's like, well, the shit, this is broken, I guess I have to figure this out, is not <laughs> not often a fun, like, oh, shit, this, this window's leaking, I, what if I try caulking it? Oh, that didn't work? Well, fuck. Um, yeah, is, I, is is the homeowning experience. <laughs> I
2: am not built for that kind of challenge. <laughs>
1: Are you, do you like living in HOA? I do not. Oh, uh, lucky.
0: Yeah. Suck it, homeowners associations. Uh, just, uh, only people I'm accountable to are the county government and the state government. And I guess te- technically federal, but it's not, that's not how it works here. Like, I-, I am technically, I mean, like, obviously I have to obey federal laws, but they don't, the United States is big. The federal government doesn't dick around with whatever your lawn looks like. <laughs> Um, that's not, that's not how the US works. Um, so yeah, like, if, if I, if I let my grass grow in my front yard and it got to be like two feet tall, someone from the county would probably come around and put up a sign and be like, hey, mow your fucking lawn. Um, (laughs) but that's not like, like, that's very different than like a homeowners association where You're not paying, like, a government that's accountable with, like, elected officials. You're paying a bunch of fucking assholes who are homeowners. Um, and they're going to have much stricter things. Like, in in my county, I think it's something like your grass has to like has to be under. I th- I think it's two feet. I think it has to be under two feet before like. And if it's as long as it's under, it's like eighteen inches or or two feet, something like that. As long as it's under that, they don't give a shit. Um, and which is vast, so it's huge. Like that's a yeah, that's yeah, very yeah. it's very very tall grass. Where if you're a part of a homeowners association, <clears throat> homeowners association, they would be like, no, motherfucker, this needs to be meticulous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard. Really different and bad stories about uh, HOAs <laughs> all around the world. Uh, well, UK, I mean US, really, and uh, it scares me.
0: Yeah, so yeah, my uh, my neighborhood is not under an, H- an HOA, so that's all good. And uh, uh, and, yeah. we're, and honestly, where I grew up was fucking rural. So n- <laughs> let me tell you, let me tell you about rural Delaware. There. are <laughs> The, the, uh, things are so lax that in, if you are in farmland, it is extremely routine to see barns and even old farmhouses in complete disrepair, entirely unlivable, um, and they, they're just there for decades. Homeowners mm. Association can't do shit, yeah, suck that, yeah. suck on that, I mean, I guess the, the, if the county gave a shit or the state gave a shit, they could force you to do something they don't give a shit <laughs> they don't give a shit, um, and the other thing I want to talk about uh quickly before we 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 move on is that so I've been reading through some of like classics in in the science fiction in, in genre fiction and in, in in especially mm-hmm. sci-fi but some fantasies too and i've been a lot of the books that i've been reading i've been like Oh, I don't love this. I don't. I don't like this very much. Do I not like sci-fi? Uh, is is like the thought that I have. And then I've, I read. I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead? I was just going to say. I
2: remember you telling us about hero protagonists the other oh day, and I am still reeling.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> fucked up. Um, and so I was like, maybe I don't like sci-fi. It doesn't feel like I don't like sci-fi, but I've read like four sci-fi books in a row, and I've hated them all. <laughs> so maybe. And then I read uh, the Dispossessed, which is a um a uh, In the Hainish Cycle by uh, Ursula K. Le Guin. Uh, This is the first uh, Le Guin book that I've read. Uh, And it's not like it is some, like, incredible, like, life-changing book. But it's just fucking good. And, like... Makes you think about like different situations, different ways of government could be uh, like or like what if society was structured in this way and they had what would swearing be like if things like uh, scatological or sex related things are not taboo in any meaningful way? What would their swears be like? Things like that. You know, speculative sci-fi shit. Uh, And I'm like, this is like a breath of fresh air. This shit rules. And I think the difference is just that Ursula K. Le Guin is good at writing. (laughs) And the other people are not good at writing. (laughs) And so what I'm finding that it's not science fiction that I had a problem with. um, It's bad writing that I have a problem with. And when you read uh, good writing, uh, I'm like, hey, that's pretty good. I'm I'm having a good time. Well, I'm
2: I'm glad you found a nice book.
0: Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read through the heinous cycle. It's not that long. I mean, they're, the books are not that long and there's not that many of them. There's also like some short stories that are collected in a couple of, uh, collections, um, that I want to read. And there, it is, it is cool because it has the benefits of, of like a, 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 um, interconnected universe. Like there are things that you can pick up in one book and then like build on in another book. And that's, Mm -hmm. and that's cool. But all of the stories in the Hainish cycle are entirely disconnected from each other. And in fact, are often like taking place on different planets or taking place in like vastly different time spans. And so like they don't, they're not, they all take place in the same like, fictional universe but they don't have that much impact on each other and i feel like that is the freedom that i want that most like like the marvel cinematic universe universication of of media has like crippled is that like everything has to like neatly link together and everything has to be referenced in every piece of media and everything has to build to the next one and then something like uh like a science fiction cycle like the heinous cycle is just like yeah, this shit can can like build on like themes and things that we've done in other books, but they don't have to like neatly interlock.
2: It's the Fallout set?
0: Yeah, very much, very much like that. Is that like yeah? There's there are things that you can reference and build on, but not you don't have to. <laughs> One character does not have to like appear at the end and get what what the fuck do they get? Euros or something? Kebabs, shawarma. They don't have to appear in the end credits, is what I'm saying. Um, So yeah, The Dispossessed, Um, I I, I think the subtitle is like an ambiguous utopia. Um, Good. Turns out Ursula K. Le Guin was a good writer. So check that out. Uh, I'll probably talk about more Heinrich Cycle stuff in the future. Rob, where can people find you on the internet? Soundcloud.com forward slash Rob D. Webster. Sounds good. Laughlin, where can people find you on the internet?
1: On um, Instagram, it's uh, Laughlin
0: you're gonna you're gonna post some of your sketches or are they private
1: uh, i was considering that for a bit but i i don't know i mostly do this for you know for myself i never wanted to make it an art instagram or anything
0: well you do you and do whatever yes. makes you happy uh if Thank you want to see you. what i do head over to grantbrunner.com for the weekly roar i'm grant brunner i'm rob webster and that's laughlin have a good one